Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm Jai. Hey! Oh my gosh, it's time to get glam <laughs> and wild and crazy because we're doing Velvet Goldmine, finally! I know, I feel like we've been talking about this movie, or like doing this movie for a while, and just, yeah. I mean, there's still so many on the list. I can't even go to Letterboxd, check that out. We have a huge list. Also, we have a fucking Patreon, and I'm going to say it within the first minute of the show. (laughs) So join the Patreon. It's five bucks a month. We just did Face Off. Uh, Buffy Season 3 Part 1 is coming soon. Uh, Yeah, we're splitting up into two parts for the season because it's just it's too much to talk about in like four hours and there are like a lot of episodes i mean yeah the 90s they had like 25 22 like half a year it's a lot it's it's really a lot we get spoiled with six episodes or eight I know. Or even 12. The <laughs> even amount of 12 work that actors had to do back then, it was so consuming. They really couldn't do movies or commit to anything else because this was like everything they did, you know? They must have been working, especially Sarah Michelle Gellar from Buffy. She yeah. must have been working throughout her whole breaks because she was in like movies and after every season. She's like, Cruel Intentions, and I know what you did last summer. Like, like she must have never stopped working. I know, I can't even imagine that. You literally, your life is like a set. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think she had, I mean, she definitely didn't, like, had like a normal upbringing or like going to, to parties and stuff like that because she had to uh, practice her lines and, and you know, rehearse and stuff. Yeah. Ew. She was on soaps, which is like every day there's a new episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's even, I don't know how they even learn the lines. Like, I don't know how you go from doing a movie for three months, learning the lines, and have to go back to Buffy. And then you have to learn, you know, you're like another character. You're the character you have been for years. You have to just, I don't know if I could remember all these lines from different movies and then go back no, to TV. No, I know. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. I really, actors, I really don't know how actors do it. Like, sometimes we think of them as like, oh, some of them are kind of ditzy. I'm like, not really, because I could not learn these lines. I would be screaming, line, <laughs> like, every two minutes, like, what am I doing? What if someone ad libs and I don't know where they are now? I know. I'm just like, what are they doing? What are they saying? It's just crazy. So hats off to all you actors because I could not do it. I really could not. I couldn't either. No. Yeah, it's crazy. But Velvet Goldmine. Okay, so this is 1998. We're still in the throes of like, do you remember in the late 90s when it was all the 70s vibes were coming back? So yeah, this is like right in that time. Uh, Austin Powers came out the year before. Yeah, there was uh, like an obsession in the nineties for seventies. I think. Mm-hmm. Daisy Confused. Yeah. Before. Yes. Uh, oh my. God. Oh my gosh. Also, did I tell you this that the rumor is don't know yet, but the rumor is the new American Crime Story series from Ryan Murphy is about Studio Fifty Four. I can't fucking wait. <gasps> yeah, and you also said that someone, some actress, was going to be in the next one who was it we were talking about her last week uh it's not the stories one right because the anthology is airing right now where like every episode's a different some actress that we're talking about and you oh were alicia in... silverstone okay yeah that's it she is in an episode of the stories one that's uh, on right okay. now um i don't think that episode's out yet but yeah it's like every episode's a different story like completely she's on that i don't know if she's gonna be on like the main season we don't really know we never find out too much about them until it's like right about to come out 
So, yeah, but I've heard that it's supposed, the next crime one's supposed to be about Studio 54, which, oh my gosh, I, I mean, with Ryan Murphy, I feel like the sets and all that stuff's just going to be crazy, so I can't wait for that. It should be really fun. But yeah, I mean, what was your, this is Todd Haynes, written and directed by Todd Haynes, who also did, recently did a Velvet Underground documentary that's on Apple that I kind of want to check out. I've seen it. Oh, is it good? It's amazing. I, I oh, personally cool. okay. loved it, so... Oh, sweet. Okay, that's on my list to check out. I just saw that. He did I'm Not I'm Not There. Yeah. Uh, with, the, Bob with the Bob Dylan. Right. Yeah. yeah, I saw I've that in the it. theater. Yeah. Do you like it? I literally have seen it that one time, and I don't remember much about it, but I don't remember not liking it. I just I need to watch it again. It's been a really long time. But did you like it? Yeah, I liked it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Heath Ledger was in it. It was like everyone was Kate in it. Kate Blanchett, I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she was the best Dylan. She she was. I yeah. Agree. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was really good. Was Tilda Swinton in it or no? No, no. Okay. No, she she wouldn't have been a cool one too. Um, so yeah, what's your first impression? Um, I watched it in 2000, I remember, because I didn't watch it when it first came out. Um not right at the beginning. I watched it in 2000. I, I've i seen it like a few times and I've always really loved this movie, even though it's a little bit of a weird one. Like, it's not a musical, but it, it has a lot. Like, I don't know. Like, It feels like it. It feels like it. And I don't actually lo- like musicals yeah, at all. Yeah, you don't all, like musicals. But I do like this one. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I... To be fair, I never really. I just feel like Brian's character was so unlikable. Like I oh, was, yeah. I was so like just like uh, Ian McGregor kind of like, I don't know ben. fan. Yeah, um, I love him as Kurt and obviously Christian Bale, and I I, I do love that the actor that plays um, Brian like Reese. Oh, Jonathan Reese Meyer. R- yes, I I do like him, but I just. I just didn't like the character. I just find him like on so like you know just really annoying. Um, but but yeah, I mean I I really I just love the the actors. I love that it's set in the seventies like glam rock. It's just really obviously you know, and it's like fashion heaven for me. Um, oh my god! It, it's literally so absurd. Like every scene is just like ridiculous. Like I could not find anywhere how much was spent in like costume design. Yeah, that's I, what I wanted. I couldn't find it. Yeah, I couldn't find it either. I'm sure it was a fortune. I'm sure because like even the extras, like everything, there was so many people to dress in that film. Do you think things were made or were they sourced from like vintage houses and stuff? I think both. I think that. Yeah, probably. Think about it. Like the main characters' costumes for sure had must have been made because you, you can't get away with like. It's just really hard to find things that fit them perfectly, you know? Um, like Brian's character and Kurt. And he, yeah, I can't even Mandy's character like her outfits were God. just insane. Um, but they they have a lot of scenes where a lot of like the band members or like with friends are hanging out, and you know these are like not really extras. They're like really seen in the film. So yeah, all the costumes. I mean, it's just I don't even I can't even imagine how many they had on this I mean, on this film. How? Like, that's what I want to know is how... I mean, also, what was the team like? Like, what was the team that was keeping track of all this? 
I, I mean, know. I just think it like, be crazy. obviously, I we talk about it in fashion, but yeah, the costume designer is just like insane. Like, she's just so incredible, and yeah, she must have had like a big team. You know, you have to, I think, when it comes to like big um movies like this, like you have like someone who just overseeing like Mandy's outfits and like Brian's, and you know, I don't know. It's so nuts. Because she has to have eyes on everyone when they're filming. You know, she has to make sure that the extras, like when they're filming certain scenes, that everyone's looking right or that everything is to the teeth. You know what I mean? Like details and stuff. Um, like all the shoes. All the shoes. All the fucking boots, the hats, the trench coat. I'm a, my biggest thing is all of the vinyl trench coats. Like the yeah. black ones the gold my favorite is kurt's gold one that's like flare yeah. like, i want no. that coat. <laughs> i was so obsessed with with i wanted one so badly um but i only found it years later and it was just like silly for me to have but i wish i had bought it anyway and just you know because I mean, gold yeah. was always seen as a little yeah. tacky so like i love silver and i had a lot of silver but like gold felt like a little bit like crossing you know i don't know yeah, same. I've always been a silver girl, but now I'm kind of getting into gold. Yeah. It's so weird. I'm, yeah, silver's always just, you know... It just feels a little bit more like you can get away with it, but mm-hmm. gold... Totally. I... Yeah, I, I... Yeah, I don't know. but I feel like a lot of gold always looks really gaudy, but a lot of silver doesn't. Hmm. In, like, a weird way. Because gold, you have, like, that gold lame that looks kind of tacky. Well, that's what I mean. I feel like gold, also, there are different shades of gold. And I feel like it it really depends on the person, but it can look really tacky. Like, Mm -hmm. and cheap, you know. So, I I didn't dare with gold. Um, I have a gold bag. (laughs) Oh, cool. That's as far as I go with gold. But, um, and I had shoes back in the day. Like, early 2000, I guess, cold shoes. Back in the day, fucking 20 years ago. Oh, God. 22 (laughs) years ago. Um, But, yeah, I I also love that the movie's, like, heavily influenced by David Bowie, obviously. Even though, like, yeah, I mean, we all know that it was inspired by him, even though he's... Yeah, we couldn't use his name. We couldn't use anyone's name specifically, but, yeah. And it has an incredible soundtrack. I mean, just this movie, like, ticks all the boxes for me. I know, I was going to say, this has the fashion. This also has the Radiohead connection. What the actual, I mean... <laughs> like, you this know, is a giant movie. This is insane. Like, Tom York and uh, Johnny Greenwood, like, did some of the vocals. Like... How cool. It's so cool. And then so you have cool. freaking Placebo as well in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, it's just such an insane um, production, really, overall. Everyone talking about that Kate Bush song, like Run Up That Hill, I still fucking love that placebo cover. It's like I, one of my favorites. I have favorites. to absolutely disagree I know you don't with you. Like I hate it. I, it. I actually think it's one of the worst covers. Oh, and I love God. placebo, but it just doesn't make any justice to the to the original song. I like it better. Like I find it offensive at times. Like why you like no. I feel the same way that you know, like, most people feel about the Beatles. I, I think I like Beatles covers better than Beatles Oh, songs. that's terrible. How can you I say know, that? I know, sorry. I don't know. Why do you have true. to upset me? Like, it's just not even fair. <laughs> it's like I like the placebo cover better than the Kate Bush song. I mean, I like the Kate Bush song. Yeah, I, but I, I mean, do it's like never placebo, been my though. Kate you don't like the Beatles, so, like, it's... No, I don't like, I don't like the Beatles, no. I, I, I'm I just go love that song so much, and I have to say, even though I hate... I mean, I don't even want to talk about chromatics, because I hate... Um, Johnny, 
whatever his last name is. I can't remember. Oh, Johnny Jewel. Thank you, Johnny Jewel. Wait, why? What happened there? No, no, no. Like it's too long. Candy. We can't talk about it on air. Cause oh, I was going to say, I like Glass Candy. Yeah, but he's a piece of shit. He is. I can really say that. So I'm not going to talk about it here because it's okay. for another podcast. <laughs> but Okay, it's for a Patreon. We'll have a, we'll have a, a Patreon grievances episode where we just talk about our feelings of all these people. Yeah, no, but he's an actual horrible person, so um, I have proof to back it up. So, yeah, um, uh, but I do love the the cover of the Kate Bush song by Chromatics. It's like really cool. Oh, okay, I haven't heard. It's that. like one of my favorites, actually. Yeah. Oh, cool. Anyway, all what's right. your what's your experience with the movie? When you all right? It? Well, I rented this in high school. I'm pretty sure I saw something written about it in a magazine, like maybe Spin or somewhere like that. And I think I saw the the fact that it was Jonathan Reese Myers and mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor. And I think I knew Ewan McGregor from Train Spotting at that point. Yes. I don't know if I knew Jonathan Reese Myers. Oh, yet. really? Well, he was. Did you, did you watch Ben Delay Beckham? Yes, but a, not before this. Oh. Uh, when did that come out? Oh, yeah, was you're right. I think that later? was after. You're right. Yeah, I was going to say. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I knew him. Like, I remember seeing the cover a lot. Like, the cover of the tape, the Velvet um, mm-hmm. Goldmine tape. And I was like, oh, this looks cool. So I rented it in high school. I don't know. Yeah, I was probably, like, 16 or something like that. And I was like, oh, this is cool. But I don't think I've really seen it again. I may have seen it one other time or bits one other time. But it's not a movie that I'm crazy familiar with. Because I don't know a lot about Bowie or glam rock. It's just never been, like, an avenue that I've gone down. But I know, like, surface-level stuff. But yeah, it was, I mean, really cool. Basically ultra visual. Oh, And this movie really reminds me of two other movies. One that came out before it and one that came out after. The one before is Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, yeah. um, Which we did, I don't know, a while ago. It's like a classic Australian film about uh, drag queens. Incredible costumes. I believe they also won an Oscar for that. Um, and yeah, so the costumes and the fashion like really reminds me of that glammy drag world, yeah. I guess too. And then the next one that really reminds me of it is Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Um, have you seen that? I haven't. No. <gasps> oh wow. Okay. No. That movie came out. I want to say in '01 or '02 at the latest. It's really old. I mean, you know, really old. Um, it has John Cameron Mitchell who wrote and plays Hedwig and it's a musical and Michael Pitt's also in it. Um, oh, I don't it's like a musical. musical, but it's about a trans woman who's like the leader of a punk band from like East Germany. It's oh. literally amazing. Like my only negatives with Velvet Goldmine is that I feel like the story was really lacking. And like we were talking a bit like about how Brian's character is unlikable. I know he's not really supposed, probably not supposed to be likable, but I feel like the character development was just a little bit off in this. I feel like I would have probably just changed structure and either added or just changed some different things. Hedwig is like, it's a Broadway show now. Like it has really famous songs. I think Neil Patrick Harris has played Hedwig. Um, Like famous people have played Hedwig now. Um, And it's just, I don't know. It's really fucking cool. It's just like punk rock. It's just really mm. cool. That's more of like my speed. Also, it's got Michael Pitt in it. True. Which is yeah. Really, really I get cool. That. But um, but this one is like a preamble to that. Like it's 
it has all those kind of elements. But I like that this has the... I really love movies about, like, the London music scene. It sounds really silly, but it kind of reminds me of Spice World. Like, I love how they show, like, you know, managers and, like, paparazzi. It's all kind of the same. Like, it has that vibe. I don't know. It's just the way that it's filmed. I don't know. It's just, I really like That's it. That's so like, funny. I like movies about, like, London music press and, like, getting big. And, like, it just, it's really cool because it's so foreign to me. So I just like it. Yeah. It's neat. No, I, I, it's I get neat. it. I mean, it's... That's the other thing I about the movie. So obviously England, and it's just like England was like this, I and mean, it still is. It's just like a fashion and music city. It's just so, so artistic, you know. It's just like a different vibe there. It's, yeah. Yeah, I love anything totally. that's like in England, like in the sixties. I don't think the fifties were that cool, but obviously, like sixties were swinging sixties, seventies. I kind of want to be in New York. 80s. I don't know. 80s. Actually. I haven't really. 80s. You want to be in England. You want Joy to. I want. I want punk. Yeah, post punk and that. Yeah. Yeah, post punk. Yeah. And then Smiths. 90s. I uh, tough, right? I know. Tough, I, I want to listen. Like, I guess half I had to be in the US in America right? in the last half for Britpop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do. Like 90 well, to 95. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I'm in the US. Everything else, I'm in the UK. The rest of it yeah. in the UK. Up until like 2005. Actually, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'll bounce between New York and London in like the early 2000s so I can see the Strokes and like, Arctic Monkeys and Libertines. I'm actually quite happy just um, <laughs> being in England, really. Because, I mean, I love the Strokes, but I, I mean, I was there and it was like a really cool time to be there. Do you know? At least I experienced that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I was going to say, at least we got something. I, I mean, I feel like we're just at that time where we're not as connected to what what the youngins are up to so i feel like the scene that that we lived through was just i guess it was just well, more think about it at least we got too. to experience one one of the most iconic periods when people look back like younger people right yeah, i mean not that they cared even about the 60s or anything i don't think yeah we were young people alive. just care about like early 2000s now and like 90s, yeah it's but... all early 2000s it's all like like i was just talking to like someone else about it too and i was like yeah it's all y2k like that's the thing you know i was so like weird so now weird. i get it it's like now i feel like you know when you talk to old people and like how you're like <laughs> You're like, oh my god, you were around in the 60s and you saw Jim Morrison, what was that like? And you're like, I want to be there in like Woodstock. And, and they're like, he was okay. I mean, they're like, they're just like, oh, I will never wear flares again. God, no, it was bad the, the first time. Yeah. They look back at that time and they're kind of like gross by wearing certain things. That's how I feel when people are like, oh, early 2000s. I'm like, not actually late 90s because not really early 2000s but you know the whole like low-rise jeans situation and like mm -hmm. the juicy couture track not that i ever wore that but I'm no, just... i never had that yeah. yeah i mean come on um i'm like god that was hideous why would you want to wear that so i feel like it's like coming back as a joke kind of it's not even like serious mm. it's I know. weird it's super weird it was a mess it like, was. the thing is, is it was a mess, though. It wasn't even, like, you look at photos of people in the 90s and you, you just think, like, oh, they're dressed really cool. <clears throat> you know, they're all, like, it's all kind of mismatched or, like, just kind of different. But the early 2000s, like, just take a gander at, like, red carpet photos in the early 2000s. They're not cool. Like, they looked bad then. 
and we just kind of didn't have anything else. <laughs> Some of the things, like the multiple layers of tank tops and like the bootleg pants. I wore bootleg pants, but never. I did the, too. Well, this is one thing I really regret wearing. That I was like, that was just disgusting. Cargo pants, you know, like. When they, uh, I had the rave cargo pants. I don't know if I had. Oh, I had cargo, cargo pants, like proper, like khaki color, and they were like baggy and they were low rise. And you, I had white ones as well. Oh. Oh wow. White. God, I can't believe I ever wore white. Anyway, this is like a different episode, just fashion from like early two thousands, really. But. Oh, also another interesting note. I had no idea that Michael Stipe executive produced this. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah. yeah, apparently he has a film production company really where cool. he did, or I guess he does. Yeah, I don't know if he still does, but this was the first film that, that they produced. So I thought that was pretty cool. That was pretty rad since we love we love Michael Stipe over here. We just did that American Alternative Rock where, where they were talking a lot about like R.E.M. and Nirvana and stuff. There's always a Nirvana connection too. We'll get to that in a oh, second. yeah. Okay. Which is really interesting. But yeah, I think that's all I have from my original notes. Um... Our cast is literally only like four people. It's like Jonathan Reese Myers, Ewan McGregor, Tony Collette, and Christian Bale, and a few others like sprinkled in, but they're the main ones. Like we're kind of just in their in their yeah. story. Well, there are a lot of other people that we recognize, you know. But yeah, it's um. Cool. So let's get on to behind the scenes. What do you got? Gosh, there's quite a bit actually. Like yeah, I, I kind of really yeah, interesting. I mean. I well, we know that the movie was kind of like really inspired by David Bowie, and the director actually requested access to his songs catalog, but and with a personal blessing to make the film, but Bowie refused, saying that he, like basically that he wanted to make a movie that was similar, like not similar, but like about this kind of oh. topic, and he. Of oh, the time period, actually, you know, he wanted Did to make he? a movie about it. No, he made the other movie, The Man Who Fell from, I can't remember, fell. Oh, what did he? Very different, but, but I get it right. Like he probably was pissed as well. He wanted to make a movie about this time period, and then someone else did it. He, I don't know. Like he, that would put me off, doing it too, because. As much as he didn't like the film, and he kind of like said it was rubbish, you know, um, he actually said it was bad. Yeah, he basically like oh, I don't know if I have it here, but he basically said that the only something like the only interesting thing about the film, like or resemble like the time was kind of like the some of the like the sex scenes, which is kind of like insulting a little bit oh so that's the only thing he liked about it was that yeah that, that he like just felt like what was like true and like to the to the time you know oh, i think okay. the rest he just felt like it was a joke pretty much but um yeah i mean it's just sad because it would have been amazing to have some of his music feature you know what i mean i mean yeah but yeah i mean i like the mo- the movie's also loosely based on on a biography on on authorized biography about David Bowie and apparently like um David Bowie threatened to the producers with a lawsuit and uh, he really? didn't want any of his songs or anything to be used um 
and because I, and and the, the script actually partially had to be rewritten to avoid unnecessary like resemblance between Bowie and Brian's character. So how do you feel? Okay, so just like a uh, opinion question, but like, how would you feel if you were like the producer, writer, whatever of this movie, and the person that you really are basing it on has not only said no, but like actively doesn't want this made? Would that stop you from making it? I mean, I. Oh, it's tough, right? Because that's tough. The yeah. director clearly loves David Bowie. Like he yeah. wouldn't want to make a movie about someone he doesn't like, and I just think it's sad that they couldn't. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I also think know? it's really tricky when you're trying to make a movie about someone you love and admire. You want to put like stuff out there that this person do- doesn't want out. Like, you know what I mean? Like. It's about like relationships that he had with men, mm-hmm. like and like fictionalizing this thing that yeah, you don't know so about. Yeah, it's like, like yeah. okay, like if you want to make a movie about someone, you kind of have to. It just feels a, li- a little shitty, really, to to do a movie when you know you want to put this kind of content out there, and it's not like, and David Bowie himself doesn't agree with it. Do you know? We literally. I mean, I feel like this always keeps coming up, but this happens. I guess all the time and I guess it it sucks that I would really want the person I'm making it about to really like it you know I would want them to be involved in the process and I don't want to say that I would not do it if they didn't like it because Mm -hmm. I mean I don't know but it is so tricky when it's someone's actual name you know well even different than if it's their actual name we we were just talking about the Pam and Tommy series for instance because it's the most like relevant thing at the moment but that one's different because they're actually like becoming you like they're using your name they're not mm-hmm. making a fake name like jane smith and whoever like they're actually using pam anderson making you look like her and even because it's pu- that's public domain so they're technically allowed quote unquote to do it but wow yeah. it's different because it's like this one is different because it's not this is like a biography ish done different name like change the names but literally the costumes are almost identical oh like, everything you can put way, side to side the you know? way he um his whole performance his body language it was david mm-hmm. boy you know yeah oh yeah totally and even with ewan with like iggy pop i didn't oh. i didn't know iggy pop at first but then when i saw right. like, i figured but then yeah. when i saw the glitter i was like oh this is iggy pop oh yeah i mean i literally yeah. i didn't even know either and then the moment i i watched that scene for the first time i'm like this is iggy pop this is mm-hmm. literally the way he's moving the way he's dancing oh, yeah. the way he's singing as well you know yeah, that's so why I was like, okay, this is different too because it's like you're using different assumed personalities, but almost everything but the name, you know. Yeah, I mean, also like, why are you trying to make a movie? If you really want to pay tribute to David Bowie, like, you should like be writing the movie, the script with him and get get him involved, right? But he, maybe he didn't. Yeah, he didn't want it. But right? Tom Hines basically did it on several unauthorized biographies. I think like, not. One was written by his ex-wife, like Angie Bowie. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, it's just kind of shitty. I I I feel, but I don't know. That's uh, well, also the I'm not there, or is it I'm not there? Or I'm not here. It's, I'm not there. I'm not there. Okay, I'm not here. I think is that Joaquin documentary. Um, the it, it's weird because did 
Bob Dylan sign off on that? I actually don't know. I don't know. We also probably not girl. because he's very much like private. Like I don't think he he would have. But who knows? This is a Patreon episode we're gonna do. I'm writing it down now. We're gonna do an <laughs> episode on like quick bits of like things that are inspired by, but but like the real people didn't like, like Factory Girl. Remember, like a lot of people said, like Andy's people were like this was not right. Like you used his name. Like you know all the drama around like people kind of fictionalizing real people like in real Mm -hmm. stories yeah cool um yeah so i i I really like this i i tom hain said like the story is also about like a love affair between america and britain like new york city and london in the way like each music scene fits of each sorry fits off and influences each other well yeah it's really cool i love that too it's true yeah, it's that always been really... that way i feel like new york and london had that connection you know um i i love, I love that. that i love that quote in slc punk where another film that you didn't like because you don't like matthew lillard <laughs> but like um but when he says like i think he's like in the mall and he talks about like who started it? Like, who started punk rock? Oh, was yeah. it the Ramones? Was I... it the Sex Pistols? <laughs> and he's like, ah, back and forth. Who cares who started it? <laughs> I know, it's funny, yeah. yeah um, and this is, like, an interesting one. So Courtney Love was considered to, like, be involved with the film soundtrack. But apparently she kind of, like, I don't know. She basically watched like a rough cut of the film, and she she felt that uh, Kurt's like well, Kurt Weil was too close, um, or like he resembled Kurt Cobain. And I I'm wrote like, that down as like, I was watching the movie. I was I, like, I'm sorry, I really don't see it. I mean, yes, he did heroin and he's like blonde, but like, I I'm sorry, I don't I don't feel like that that I don't really see like a close relationship there at all and I don't also think that's like a good reason to like not want to be want to be part of the film just because his name was Kurt and he's like blonde and he did heroin but it's just very different his whole persona wasn't like Kurt in my opinion well yeah okay I don't think the persona was but when I first saw him on screen I just wrote uh wait I was like this what did I write I think I wrote like is, is Kurt Vile supposed to be KC? And that's before I saw him perform. But I think the long hair, that eyeliner, um, mm. which is very much of like that early Nirvana where he, like Kurt had a lot of photos of him and like a lot of eyeliner and stuff. That's the only thing I saw. I just, it was just looks wise. But then obviously when you watch the movie further, I, I didn't think that. It was just the way he looked if you just showed me a picture. Yeah. I mean, I do think, I wonder if the director did that on purpose to just kind of throw in there, but, like, pretend that he didn't really have Kurt. Not that he did for the role, but I think it's, like, why call him Kurt, right? Yeah, I was going to say in the name, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe he just wanted to create some kind of, um, I don't know, just make it more interesting by, like, adding that to the mix, but, but saying that he didn't intend, the, you know, intend him to be, like, yeah, yeah. at all. I don't know. I'm, I have to say, I wish Courtney did have something to do with more music in films because she was the music coordinator for the film tank girl. And that's like literally one of the best fucking soundtracks of the nineties that most people don't even think about. And I had no idea that she put that together until I saw the movie and I was like, Courtney love, why the fuck is she not doing this? I guess because she's so unlikable and people don't want to work with her. 
Like, we maybe. put music together. Like, I feel like that's. I mean, I'm what? And apparently, she's allegedly finished writing her memoir that took ten years. So I know how you all feel about that. But I, I'm, you know, I hope it does come out for some reason. But, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I think it would have been cool if she was somewhat involved, but I, she's not in that genre. No, exactly. You know, so I guess that would be kind of weird. Yeah, um, this also like is one of my favorite notes. Um, that Tom York and Johnny Greenwood were, I mean, among others actually, because pretty cool. Also, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, other musicians, but. Um, Americans, well, were kind of like they play some of the vocals or like yeah. sang some of the not play, um, sang some of the vocals in like you know in songs performed by Kurt and Brian. It's like so cool. I it mean, really cool. and like yeah, some some members of the Stooges as well. Yeah, I mean it's just pretty cool. And like Mark Arm of Mudhoney mm-hmm. and Thurston Moore. Yeah, because also Todd Haynes directed a fair amount of Sonic Youth videos. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so yeah cool. I just think it's really cool, like everything that was involved in this movie. Um, and obviously, we talk about the three members of Placebo were in the movie, and yeah, I I just love that they are because they are so like this, you know, this is who they are, who they were back then as well, you know, very androgynous, mm-hmm. really cool music, just, uh, yeah, I mean, just perfect, I love it. Just didn't give a fuck about anyone. I know. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And, and also I... really shows the, like, homophobia and bullying. Well, that. That, that was around mm-hmm. in in that time, you know, I mean, that still is, hasn't gone away, it's just, it takes different forms, you know, but... It's, yeah, that's also another thing that they mentioned. I know, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was a lot for a lot of people. <laughs> but Yeah. Um, and much of the dialogue actually comes from Oscar Wilde's writings, so. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's really it. Cool. cool. That's All right, so I have the IMDb score is 6.9 out of 10. I guess that's fair. I mean, I don't know. I think that's kind of low, but anyway. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 60%, even lower. Now, I don't know if that's because people are hardcore Bowie fans and it just is kind of, you know, mm-hmm. obvious that it's about him, but in not a great light, yada, yada. I don't know why, but <laughs> audience score, 80%. So there you go. That makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, budget was $9 million. As we said, we could not figure out the costume budget, but it's got to be like, what, half a million? I literally, I mean, a lot. It must have been a, a lot. I, think about it. Who was who? You think got paid the most out of all the cast members? You, Ewan. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Isn't he the most known? I, well, I Tony Collette was known too, but I can't imagine. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe, but probably Ewan though, because he has more a lot of yeah, screen time. Exactly. Yeah. I also different things. Some say nine million. Another article I found said seven million. Yeah, I saw that. So too. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, box office was four point three million, but then it also just says one million in the US. So it did not it was not a hit. This is definitely like a cult classic that got really big later on. It wasn't one mm-hmm. of those things that everyone was talking about. 
I feel like I have like a postcard from this movie. Like one of those things you get in like Tower Records. They had oh, all yeah. those postcards and they would have like definitely Tower would be the one to promote this because it's like a music film, but I I feel like I, I remember seeing the poster just so many places. Either that or like someone I knew had the poster or something like that. Because I remember seeing that that picture, that drawing all the time. Um, let's see. So what do I have that you didn't have? Oh, okay, this is interesting. The film structure, which has been, this structure has been used in several other films, you know, later on. But it was really made popular by Citizen Kane, which oh, is like yeah. a journalist going back to like trace a cultural icon through other people's stories of what happened. Mm-hmm. So that formula was made possible by Citizen Kane. Have you seen Citizen Kane? You know what? I haven't. Oh, wow. No. That's homework. I know, like, it's one of the best films of all time. I just... I, I won't... I will reserve my review. So I tried really hard. Like, to, I, I tried to, like, get into the mood to watch it, but I just can't. Like, it's... I know I need to watch it. I just don't know, you know why I, mean... I have this kind of, like... Yeah, I just don't know why I find it so difficult, really. But There are some other films that Orson Welles did that people would say are better than Citizen Kane. I've seen some of his films, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I think it might be... I would say just go in like pretty open-minded, but yeah, it, it did get pretty hyped as like the greatest film of all time kind of thing. Um, I don't think any film is the greatest film of all time. It's like impossible. I mean... It's what do you like, you know? What are you basing that on, I guess? So, yeah, it is interesting to see, but it is, um, it's kind of interesting that 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 whole formula has been used. Like, Mm -hmm. that is, you know, kind of still used now, which is really cool. Um, So, when Brian first meets Mandy, his wife, he says, do you jive? (laughs) And apparently that's supposed to be what Bowie said to his first wife, Angie. Don't know if that's true, but mm. apparently that's what he's supposed to say. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. Um, and Kurt is based on Iggy and Lou Reed, yeah. like kind of at the same time. So that's really I don't see the Lou Reed um influence there, but I don't know. I just see I like again, Iggy, I don't know much but... about Lou Reed, I guess. I know more a little bit more about Iggy, but it, it seemed very Iggy. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really get the Well, Lou I see this because also I've seen I've only seen two documentaries. Um on Velvet Underground. Um, oh, okay. But I've seen, I know more about you too, and I've seen like a mind blowing documentary about him. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Gimme Dane. It's gimme, so. Gimme Stooges or something? No, it's song? so amazing. I think it's just called Gimme. But, gimme Danger. Okay, it's Gimme a song. Danger. Yeah, like yeah, song. Yeah. It's so amazing. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I love that documentary so much. Like, I can watch it. It's like, on Amazon. That's on my Well, list. I asked you, you said you were interested in doing it. Yeah, it's on my list. I mean, I'm I'm interested in watching it. I just wonder if the audience is. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, well, maybe I wonder you should put it out there. Care. Ask people. Yeah, I'll ask people, like, what? I, people still are, like, on to... What was something else? People There are, like, a lot of things that I haven't done yet that, that some people, like, suggested. There's, like, an old Sarah Michelle Gellar TV show that was out in, like, the 90s that had, like, one season. Um yeah, like, more, like, Buffy stuff, like, more 90s. <laughs> We're talking to some people younger than us. So, yeah, if you're interested in the Stooges, then maybe I'll do it for, like, Patreon. But I don't, I think, uh, I don't know how many people care about the Stooges or yeah. Velvet Underground. I mean, we can do, a, like, a Patreon episode on it. But, yeah, let us know if you want us to do more, like, 
older shit. But yeah, we still got so much 90s shit to get through. I know. It's like much. kind of insane. Yeah, it's funny that all these movies that are 90s movies are like actually about the 70s. It just came out in the 90s. It's not like really like time. I know. Not time current, I guess. Um, and then the last note I had was that Todd, the director, wanted Jarvis Cocker as Jack Barry. I know. <laughs> I actually see that. I see yeah, that. Yeah, I can see that. That's cool. I actually thought it was John Cameron Mitchell. Jack Perry, oh. but it's not. It's um, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it. I forgot the name of the actor because I looked it up and I didn't know who it was. Like I hadn't really seen him. I don't know if he's English, like an English actor. But yeah, I didn't it really is, know yeah. who he was. Yeah. Um. Cool. That's all I have for behind the scenes. Okay, so let's get into this fucking fashion, man. Oh my god, I just can't. Sandy Powell. She. We talked about her in an interview with a vampire. Yeah, I didn't even realize that she did like everything. Yeah, and she did literally everything. She is one of the most talented costume designers out there. Like, I. Obviously, we talk about Moname and stuff, but this is, like, next level. Like, I mean, to create costumes for... I mean, Interview with a Vampire was one of them, do you know? Um, mm-hmm. All this period stuff that you got to be, like, incredible. Like, I your knowledge has to be, like, out of this world to, to, to style, to design costumes for these films. And this one, I mean, the extras, the amount of extras in most of the scenes... I mean, it's just insane. The colors. I know. I mean. I, just how much, think about the fun that you have, like, do you know what I mean? And the I work. Mean, I can't obviously. imagine. But the work. I cannot imagine. It must be really fucking cool. She also has done a lot of recent Scorsese films, like Gangs of New York, The Departed, Shutter Island, The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. So she doesn't just do period stuff. No. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. The Irishman. Oh yeah, she's done everything. It's, it's really cool. Um, it's really tough with fashion because obviously there's so much. I think I had to just talk about some of like my highlights. Um, mm-hmm. I I mean I know this is like not that cool, but compared to the rest of the costumes, but Christian Bale's character, like Arthur. He is not as flamboyant as the others, right? But I do love that jacket that he wears when he um goes to buy the wrecker. He's oh, wearing yeah, the this, plaid. this really cool like plaid tartan kind of like black and white with uh like lamb shape like collar. Mm-hmm. And he's got like a like a neat polo underneath with like a red collar. I just think like I just love that jacket basically. I want it. It is um, really fucking cool. Yeah. And then there's a scene where Brian is like quite young and he's hanging out with some guys on the street and like all the schoolboys kind of run by him and he's wearing this like black and white like striped suit mm-hmm. with like a purple shirt and like a black and white tie and that and his haircut and everything his hair yeah i'm hair. basically seeing the lead singer of the hives do you remember yeah. the hives oh, t- yeah hell yeah they're totally. from sweden right i don't remember where they're from actually i thought yeah, they were they're from uh, yeah, sweden. i'm not sure um, super cool. I obviously the suit is flair. Um, Looks like Mick Jagger. Oh the lead yeah, singer. I mean, he has that so hair. cool. Yeah, they are from Sweden. And then Brian Wes says he's been interviewed. Well, he's doing like a conference or whatever, and he's wearing a bright green leopard suit with like a really big lapel. 
mm-hmm. and he's got the silk scarf tied like around his neck with a pin, but apparently like Oscar Wilde's pin. I don't know. Yeah, but, I have that one too. And now he's blonde and he has like this very baby boy kind of hairstyle. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that suit is everything. Like I want that suit now. I'll wear that suit now. Do you know? The makeup too. Oh yeah, the, the green makeup that he has on, yeah, um, like with eyeshadow it. with so the pink cool. lips, so cool. Um, I really love the scene where they're all getting on a private plane. I can't mm-hmm. remember where. Were they like running up in there? Yeah, they're running. They're like driving in a convertible, and then they get out, and it's like this crowd, like group of friends. Everyone just looks insane. There's this guy who's wearing like a American flag, like. <laughs> yeah, the <suit>. <laughs> <laughs> actually really cool yeah it is cool it's so cool and then there's this like really cool um black guy with a afro wearing a black and white suit but i can't really tell the print but it's like a really cool black and white print um and yeah i mean i i just yeah i mean it's just too many costumes and i really love just um mandy's like kind of progression or like you know what i mean like yeah where she starts like when the beginning changes. and then she just becomes like her style is just really like sophisticated and just really well put together it's just like really cool um every every scene she she's like kind of like wearing a lot of like animal print she wears so much animal print do you know? Oh, do, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah, she has like a, a, at some point she wears like a Marilyn Monroe style dress with pearls and a hat or animal print. Then she has this coat that's like really incredible. Then she has like a pussy bow blouse, um, a dress in a, in a club. Like, ugh, I mean, it, there's just so many costumes. There's and, so much. And there's a guy I can't really remember. I don't think he is a pro- the manager. He might be the manager, but at some point. This guy is bringing this new girl in. Um, she's like new. She has long hair, and he's wearing like a mini mouse. Yeah, and like, oh my god, I have that. <laughs> what is this suit? I mean, the jacket is incredible. The pants, and he's wearing like a pink roll neck uh-huh. and like a silky yellow scarf. Maybe. <laughs> I have this picture saved. I, we will definitely. Uh... That'll definitely be on the Instagram. It's Don't worry. Incredible. You'll know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just really amazing. fucking. Oh cool. yeah, yeah. So like Mandy wears when they go into a club, she's wearing like an uh, yeah, it's like a shiny animal print dress. And she has like a really cool like haircut with the bangs, kind of like triangular shape. Oh, so, cool. so cool. I wish I could pull that off. And and then she wears when when she finds out that Brian and Kurt slept together, she goes into the room in a oh, pink yeah. rub, like silky kind of full length rub with like fairy kind of fringy sleeves. And it's, she's wearing all pink. Incredible. And she has that hot pink one that's like. Yeah, uh, hot pink. That's, that's, this yeah, is, with yeah. the feathers, right? Yeah, that's like on the collar and stuff. Yeah. Oh, feathers, so whatever. Cool. Yeah, it's like really dramatic because she's wearing that robe, but then underneath it's like oh, everything she's wearing is hot pink. 
Oh, fuchsia, as we call it in the UK. Um, and then oh, fuchsia. Yeah, we, we, we sometimes fuchsia. say fuchsia. I feel like people just say hot pink here or bright pink. Um, and then she wears, when she's giving the papers, when she's giving Brian the papers, the divorce papers, that's when she wears the full-length animal print coat. Oh, yeah. yeah and it's yeah. really cool. It's like, got the pat shoulders, because now it's the 80s, right? Um, really cool color. And then much later, um, when Arthur goes to a club, he sees um, Kurt and he's wearing like this like animal print, like leopard print jacket with silver trimming. I know, that so fucking cool. jacket. So yeah, those are my, I mean, there's also another one that I really like um, by Brian when they are kind of dancing in a garden he's wearing like purple pants and like a striped sweater in like pink yellow blue yeah it's just very 70s like uh, yeah like the rainbow stripe yeah exactly yeah just too many too many costumes really to talk about but those are my highlights cool okay well my Oh, first of all, she was, uh, Sandy Powell was nominated for an Oscar for this movie's costume And she's design. won, like, 13 things, like, mm-hmm. in her life. And she but... won a, um, BAFTA for this movie. Yeah. But she won an Oscar for the same year for Shakespeare in Love. It's insane. And in one interview, she actually said, I had two nominations in one year and I won for the wrong one. Yeah, so, I I agree. I agree. Like, <laughs> she should have won for this she movie. She should have won for this. Shakespeare like, Love was just one. I mean, whatever. I but, know, but I feel like this is a movie that, like, the Academy just was never gonna like. You know what I mean? Praise even for the fashion. And it was also both of these were distributed by Miramax, but it was Weinstein, so he was gonna want e- win either way. So it didn't, I guess, exactly. Didn't really matter to him so much who won. You know, his studio won, so that's the thing. Um, I found a little tidbit on the the costume as we were talking. I found oh, you like did? A, like... an article. Yeah, it doesn't have any money. Oh, but I want to know the money. Really. Two short paragraphs. It says, to this day, Powell says Velvet Goldmine was the most uh, fun she's ever had on set. But like all movies, it's it was not without its difficulties. The biggest issue was cobbling together such a huge and extravagant wardrobe while staying within budget. It doesn't mm. say. It just says the entire film was shot for $7 million. Powell had to create outfits not only for the glittery main character, Slade, his wife, his manager. Oh, Eddie Izzard plays the manager. Didn't even like say that because he's pretty legendary. But also the entourage, supporting characters, extra, and of course the fan turned reporter, Arthur. Played by Christian Bale. Key costumes were designed by Powell and built by costume rental house Angels. 70, 70s era streetwear was mostly vintage, sourced from flea markets. Powell says finding clothing authentic to the era was difficult since the average person was much smaller in the 70s. To meet the budget, she struck a deal with Angels. She paid them to build the velvet goldmine costumes while she worked for them for free as a shopper finding vintage for their rental stock. This also meant that all the film's costumes belonged to Angels once the product wrapped or the production wrapped. Mm-hmm. It was a move that made Powell a little sad, but the trade-off was worth it. And then it says she won the costume design and was nominated for an Oscar, which she lost to herself for Shakespeare in Love. And then she says, yeah, she wish she won it. Isn't that crazy? So it's, she like worked yeah. with the house it's to insane. create everything. That's well cool. no, I mean, yeah, I don't I'm not shocked really because you had to. You had to like make most of the stuff, you know what I mean? That's so cool. 
That's so fucking cool. So my first outfit was the very beginning when you see Jack Ferry in that amazing vinyl trench coat um, and the hat and the scarf. I just loved that whole vibe. It, it just looked super cool. Um, just the green hair, like the green. So cool. Oh, I love it. Like the aqua. My favorite, probably one of my favorite looks ever that I think looks so fucking hot is Christian Bale in that baby tee with all those fucking <laughs> pins on the front. I knew you were going to like that. I was like, oh my God, he looks super hot in this like, I love when I he takes his jacket care. off when I he leaves the house. I love that but yeah. Oh my God, I love it. I think it looks so great with those plaid pants and those, um, I don't like his hair so much, but the plaid pants and like the platforms. I was like, oh my gosh, he looks so cute in that. I love it. Um, okay, so we get Brian, who also has this amazing, like, Amadeus outfit in that music video. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I cool. Think it's, I think it's so great. All, just all the extras. There's one bit where they're talking to this guy in the street about, like, like Brian says he's bisexual. Like, oh, are yeah. you? Like, all the kids are now. Oh. And he's like, are you? And it's this guy who is, like, wearing this, like, you know, kind of, like, fluffy jacket, like a denim with, like, a shearling collar. And the girl who's, like, his girlfriend who's standing next to him, she looks so cool. She has this very 70s knit striped shirt on with this floral jacket. Super cool. I know. I saw. Yeah, I I know. I almost wrote that one down, but... Yeah, that one's super cool. Super cool. Um, When they first meet in the club in 69, when Brian and Mandy meet, Mm -hmm. I love his coat. It's very Penny Lane from Almost Famous. I've seen... We're the same vibe. The same vibe. I know. I kept thinking the same. I'm like, I'm seeing Almost Famous again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the hippie aspect, like some of that hippie and like less glam before it got really like over the top. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it was really cool. Uh, I love the one shoulder leotard. Oh, like, yeah. One shoulder that has the stripe, like, stripe sequence. That was so big in the 70s. So big, yeah. And the purple frock that he's performing in that looks very Stevie Nicks when, yeah, when Brian yeah, has the totally, long hair in the beginning. Sure. I love that. I just, like, one of my notes was just, like, all the sets, all of the suit sets, I mean, everywhere, that just, all the pants and jackets that just go together. And just all of the different patterns that you see, like the Minnie Mouse one, you see plaids, you see spirals, you just see all like paisleys, you just see all these super cool patterns, which which is just so neat. And then one of my favorites is Kurt's gold trench coat that's like flared. Yeah. Oh my God. There's an amazing photo that I'll post on Instagram. It's Ewan McGregor ironing one of his costumes while wearing that trench coat. And he has, it's so cool. And he has like the silver pants on it's too. It's incredible. Yeah. It's I mean. so, so rad. Like, I love it. It's so, so cool. Um, and then also I love the uh, two-tone motorcycle jacket that Arthur sees Kurt in later, like in the 80s when he's at the bar and he sees him in the corner at the Is very end. Is that the end. one that I, the animal print with silver trimming? No, it's black. Oh, yeah. I and it has like a tan yeah. lapel. Yeah, it's yeah black. It's I, like I a, know. I was like, this is pretty cool too, but it's just black. I don't know. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like black and tan. I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. Those are my, those are my standouts. I mean, the white satin 
suit. Like, all of the suits when they're doing the photo shoots in the garden, that was one of my favorite yeah, um, scenes anyway, because it's just different. Yeah, you know? I, I totally forgot. It's because I have too many notes all scattered around this page. But for me, like, a, I mean, I know this is silly, but for me, like a big fashion moment, and I had it here, I don't know why I forgot to mention it. It's when um, Kurt is playing, when we see Kurt for the first time on stage, because he's only wearing like black leather pants, but it's the glitter and everything. I think for me, that's just like a fashion moment. It's just like so simple, but it's just so incredible. Um, that's also one of my favorite scenes. I, I just love glitter so much. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I love glitter. Really? Like, oh, yeah. I was like the glitter girl. Like, even I had to, like, turn it down when I met Matthew because he used to get it. He used to get it on his beard. And one time oh, no he got we had it, like, all over his apartment. Um, when it's we, impossible to get up. Right. But also, you know, because we kissed and stuff. And, like, he had it on his face. And, like, even <gasps> though he... Kissed your husband? I know. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> scandalous. He literally went to work on Monday after, like, oh my God. trying to take it. Get the glitter off his beard because he's he has a bit of a stubble, like you know, and it wouldn't come off. And we thought he did, and he literally said that someone pointed out in a meeting that like oh he, my God. like people were like, "Why did you get up on the weekend? Like, what's going on with the, the glitter?" He hates it. I can't even express how much he hates it. Really? It was in his apartment for like a whole year. Like it's just, yeah. I always wore glitter when I went out, so. Did you wear it on like your? Did you do the face glitter like when that was really big, like yeah, the body yeah. glitter, the roll on? No, did I didn't the do roll on. I did body glitter a little, like a little bit of it, but not not too much. Um, on my shoulders, if I wore like a dress that was like strapless, and on my arms and stuff. But I did a lot of like makeup, like glitter on my face. Um, I had like glitter on my lips over like red lipstick and like. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I still am. Like, I love glitter so much. It just makes That's me happy. Cool. I just think it's like one of the coolest things ever. <laughs> it feels very like I'm picturing very Pat McGrath. <laughs> I'm picturing like because she has like a really cool like some kind of shoot that she did for beauty that has like this really cool like glitter on the lipstick right yeah really i mean the thing she would like, do that I it mean. was a set like, it was a 70s thing so everyone in england is inspired by that you know what i mean like yeah and it's really common people do wear more flamboyant shit and like cooler stuff to go out people dress up and glitter is just you always wore glitter like when you these like um i don't know like just raves and I wore a lot of like glitter shit for for, for rapes. That was like really big, you know. Oh, I don't know yeah, if totally. it was big here, but yeah. Um. Anyway, and I also have to say I love, I absolutely love like eighties, early eighties like sheer stockings with like silver shoes, and oh, Mandy. Okay. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I love platforms as well, but Mandy, what you see here in the same way, and like you know, like twenty what are they called 20 the near or whatever like really sheer black stockings mm -hmm. with like yeah, silver yeah. heels i just think it's such a cool like fashion statement 70. i love that it feels very like edie sedgwick it was yeah it yeah was. right yeah i mean she she had so much inspiration too like in that whole was she ever in london she has to have been right what do you mean if she was in london like like did she 80? 
like not yeah like live or like hang out she, she did. didn't leave but she did fashion shoots there remember yeah so she was like around there yeah it's not like she never went there yeah and people were inspired by her well I this is what we talked was... i think we talked yeah, about we talked this about in like factory this. girl but i didn't we were supposed to like um edit the recording and add this note at the end that actually yes yeah, she was i think we did added it i, added I don't know i don't think we did I don't, oh, I don't know. Um, she did inspire <laughs> that look. She was the first one. It wasn't like England, actually. It was Edie doing a shot um, in New York, styled by like the stylist back then, you know, fashion editor of British Vogue, who then oh, went back to right. England and was like inspired by her look. And then that that's what started it basically. And then she started styling models in England that way. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So it was it is really cool. That's so fucking Talking cool. about like this relationship between England and America, well, London and New York and inspiring each other, you know, and it constantly like, yeah. Yeah. It's not really a rivalry as they try to like, I don't think it is. Make it no. seem, yeah, but it's no. not really. It's like a really all. close friendship, like love affair, if you want to call it. It's that. like a sibling relationship. <laughs> it's like sometimes you like them, sometimes you don't. You know, it's yeah. like, but usually it's always it's always there. You know, it's like you're still always connected, no matter what. Like no matter what you try to do, you're still always connected. So, yeah, it's cool. That's all I have. I mean, if you know this movie, it's also, I didn't even mention this in the top, but it's, it's rentable. This is not like one of those things you can't find. Um, but I mean, this whole movie is a fashion movie. It's, we'll be sitting here all day if we just break down every single scene. So those it, are the, the standouts. Is, yeah, exactly. I mean, the makeup in this movie, it's just, I couldn't even like make notes on that because it's just be like never ending, but. Another, another, I feel like I always bring this up, but it's like another euphoria. They definitely got this from, they got Velvet Goldmine, they got Showgirls. Showgirls, I Showgirls know. specifically. Until someone pointed that out, I was like, fuck, that is Maddie. Like, they literally, and I think she actually referenced that. Oh, really? Me. Yeah, I think there was an interview where she actually went to the makeup person and she was like, because she's older than people think she is. And mm. people were like, she was like, have you ever seen Showgirls? Like, I want this makeup. Because that was a big deal when that movie came out. Not that it was just so bad, but, like, the makeup was, like, really crazy and cool and different and everything. So, um, so yeah, so that's another one. But this one, too. I mean, this one had that glam glam rock, it's, really yeah. color-coordinated with your outfit. The glitter that is in Euphoria, too. You know, that's, like, a big thing now. Yeah. Do you like the glitter tears that that thing is happening? Um, I, think that's, I think it's more, like, CGI when they do it that way. What do you mean? Oh. Like glitter tears, like like they they did that in um, Euphoria. There's like a bit where oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's like glitter, that. you know, and it's like running down. Yeah, I think. It's oh, like I love that too. Computer. Yeah, yeah it's, it's cool, just right? you can't get away with that look when you're like almost forty years old because then you get panda eyes and it's just not cool. But oh, <laughs> when you're like twenty, I mean, you know. <laughs> I feel like you can do anything you want. Don't let anyone stop you. Yeah. <laughs> you're True. like yeah you're like i would well i also live in in like one of the most like boring cities in america so if well, i was like, yeah. to go out in glitter people would think i'm a crazy person so i think you yeah it depends on where you're going i think I it will like just depend on what you're doing and where you're going but there were some people who dressed i mean there were some people who dressed like not the norm when i grew up here 
Where, not, where do they go? Where not so much now. They're all in Georgetown. Oh. Everyone was in Georgetown. It's where all like the punk stores and like alternative. Oh yeah, ones. when he was yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, 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 and like Adams Morgan and stuff before it became what it is now. But yeah, I mean, it was just uh, where you go, really. But mm-hmm. I just don't, you know. I guess we're just not in that loop, or it's just not. It's just not as everything's just so different now. Everything's online. I mean, things weren't online before, so you just saw more people. Now people dress up in crazy things, but they put it on TikTok. They might not even be outside. Oh, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. They might just be experimenting in their in Maybe their room. Maybe I should do that. But I yeah, I mean, you should. There are lots of people on TikTok who do like just experiment. Like, oh, I haven't put this and this together, but oh, I put this on and this looks great. You know, they don't see them on the street. They're not out, you know, walking around talking about their outfit. They're like in their room, you know? Right. So, yeah, it's, it's true. It just, I guess it happens different places now. Cool. All right. So let's get into music. I mean, this is another music film, too. <sighs> music is like, I mean, again, it's just a really incredible um, soundtrack. But my highlights are um, Needless in the Camel's Eye by Brian Eno. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that song. Because I Love You, Slade. Um, mm-hmm. The Stooges at TVI. I love that song so much as well. And that's, they covered a lot of songs in they did. this. Yeah. But then, is that, that one is not The Stooges, right? Isn't that no, it's one not. Kurt actually, singing it? I don't know who it's, who it's by actually, but I love that song. Yeah, no, it's a Stooges song. Um, Getting the Except Groove. Except for Satellite of Love, that was actually Lou Reed. Yeah, that's in my, in my top songs to getting the groove uh by the might mighty hannibal the can't speak cosmic dancer t-rex so cool. oh yeah satellite of love lou reed I, I mean yes it's not lou reed but yeah no i don't think it's lou no, reed singing it i think it is right oh yeah it is it is yeah yeah i think it is yeah I'm yeah just, there, there are a lot of songs yeah. that didn't make it to the um soundtrack but that you hear them in this in the film too like I yeah like oh it. yeah totally and i think my absolute favorite is going to be give me danger um by the stooges but it's like a different version yeah it's like they re-recorded it yeah so it's weird that you can do covers and you can even call it velvet goldmine which know. is a david bowie song like i don't know what the what i think the it's legal pretty insane i don't are. think i can think of any other movie that these are can you I mean, there's a movie, no, not really, because it's different, but there's a movie, like, that they did that's, like, a Kurt Cobain kind of visual portrait called About a Son. Oh. But that's not about a girl. Like, I mean, I guess it's just a little bit different, mm. but I wonder what the the law is, because that's actually a song, you know, Velvet Goldmine, so I'm, and that kind of makes you, I would think that he would try to stop it from being called that because I'd be like, well, then you're going to think it's about me if it's named after a song that I did. Yeah. And it's not, you yeah, know, I but know you mean, I don't actually, know. I know. Yeah. They got away with it. It's funny. Yeah, those are my favorites. Those what are your other ones? Yeah, that's it. Cool. Um, let's see. I love uh, Bitter's End, which is a Roxy Music song, but I believe that it's sung by Paul Kimblett and Andy McKay. Uh, okay. Um, Baby's on Fire, that's another one. There are a few songs that were written for the movie, and they were played by Shudder to Think. There's, like, Ballad of Maxwell, what's it called? Like, Ballad of Maxwell, um, that song. 
some of the videos that you see that he's doing, I think, are from original songs that they made for the soundtrack. It's a really cool soundtrack, by the so way. So cool. I love it. I've been listening to it this week. Yeah, it's really cool. And they also have, uh, I think it's Tom York was dubbed for Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was overdubbed for Ewan, yeah, specifically. So that's pretty cool. Which I have to say, like, you can't really hear. Like, I would never, like, obviously when I, when I watched this back in the day, I didn't know it. And I didn't, I couldn't tell that it was him. No, I mean, I couldn't either until I, I read it. I think he know. just sang differently because he's normally quite like, his voice is quite high pitched, but not for this movie. And he's overdubbed. So yeah, he's not exactly, like yeah. completely dubbed. Yeah, I just think it's funny that. Here. Yeah, it is really funny. <laughs> like, okay, cool. <laughs> and another Nirvana Bowie connection is the man who sold the world. That cover. yeah, that so, yeah, totally. Yeah, I was gonna say we, there are a lot of covers. Um, yeah, then we have like "Babies on Fire," uh, "Tumbling Down." I like that song at the end. I mean, I I pretty much generally like it. I mean, Placebo's 20th Century Boy. Yeah, I like the song. I just feel like I hear it so much because it was played in England, like, a All lot. And I just, yeah, it's just weird. I just have this thing where I just can't listen to certain songs because they were, like, overplayed, you know? What's that? Bo- There's one Bowie song I really like. Is it called Boys Keep Swinging? Is that Bowie? Um, Boys Keep Swinging? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Okay. Yeah, I like that song. Um, yeah, it's really weird. I really want to watch, like, a Bowie... Is there a Bowie biography or, like, a documentary? I that's, don't know. Like, I haven't seen actually, it. actually, you know, done by him or, like, is approved, like, this is what happened. I, I really don't know. Yeah, because I'm, I'm really interested now. I, I just know, know, but I think because, like, he... He was, like, a king in England, really. Well, yeah. And, and also, I like, mean, just he was course. everywhere and... I, I've been to like two exhibitions about him and one when he was still like, around and then I saw the I saw the second one in New York in Brooklyn actually after he died. Oh wow. Like I think twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Oh cool. Awesome. That's all I have for music. I mean this is another one where like it's just like fashion, like the music is just Yeah. It's just as much of a character as anything else. Cool. All right, so favorite scenes and lines. Okay, so three favorite scenes, kind of. Um, I really love the beginning of the film. I love how it starts mm-hmm. with the kids running to go to the show because it is like a fashion moment, but it's just like I love the way they shot it with the credits still. Yeah. Um, you know, like they were in colors and stuff. It's just like really cool and fun. I love that. I... <laughs> I, I I mean I know this is silly, but I actually really love when Brian approaches Kurt. I, I think it's Brian and his manager approach Kurt um, to work with him, and they are in this like really insane opulent like room, like gold. Do you know? Do mm-hmm. you remember? Yeah, it's like uh-huh. a hotel or restaurant. I just think it's so silly. It's like. Not silly, but the, the visuals is just like this room is just very much like, like, fifteenth century France, and then yeah, you have this like rock stars. Yeah, it yeah, was literally. Crazy. I just how did they even get that set? I don't know. It's just I love the extras again. All, all people dress all these different people. style, like you know. So yeah, I just really love what um. Kurt is wearing too, like an animal print t-shirt and stuff, like a leather jacket. Um, 
and I love when we see him for the first time on stage like I love the whole like I'm seeing like yes Iggy but I'm also seeing Jim Morrison you know what I mean oh yeah totally I mean not to mention he's wearing like the the <laughs> black leather pants but also it's like kind of like he wasn't obscene he was like wild and the way he moved his body was just like insane but jim morrison was the one that used to do weird shit like that you know like like drop his pants yeah 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 um and yeah i love that we see him naked and i know i wrote nudie shot yeah and i also do love that we see um brian looking at him and he's looking a little bit like tom cruise like like um oh my gosh like in interviewing with a vampire oh louis yeah he just That's looks sad. a little bit like both of them in that interview with a vampire he looks like a vampire that wig yeah he's got curly hair but also like he's really pale and like his eyes and everything i, I don't know i just thought it was really funny it's like okay 70s but i'm seeing this like reference to this movie and <laughs> she know? did the costume and she did the costume yeah <laughs> um so those are my favorite scenes and my favorite lines i have four i want to be a pop star oh by... i have it too yeah the beginning I mean, yeah it's oscar wilde saying he wants to be a pop star i think it's really cool um cecile says in the film style always wins out in the end I love that. Mm-hmm. Today, these I can't remember who who said this, but I I think Mandy said this actually. Today they'll be fighting in the streets, but in 1972 it was more like dancing. You know, that's cool. It's very cool. And then Kurt says this: a real artist creates beautiful things and puts nothing of his own life into them. I just love yeah, that. I like that too. And that's it. Oh, cool. All right. Well, one of my lines, I'll do my lines first. One of mine was that I want to be a pop idol. Oh, pop idol. Right. I think he said pop idol. I don't know why I said pop star, but yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, one of my other ones was beauty reveals everything because it produces nothing. Yep. I love I that. Like that. I love that. Um, I like when Brian says, uh, give him a mask and he'll tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really cool. Very cool. Uh, one of the quotes in one of the newspapers just said, camp, it isn't just a row of tents. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that was cool. Um, and then I also like this one. I believe it's Mandy. And she says, it's funny how beautiful people look when they're walking out the door. Yeah. I love, I love that. that too. Yeah. I mean, I almost put down all of those, but I kind of like the ones I, I went for the ones I have. There's also like Brian said something interesting about like rock being a, like a prostitute. I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, like any any artist way. is. Once you become famous enough, you are selling part of yourself to totally. people constantly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's and like it feels like, I I mean I don't even I I obviously we talk about actors and musicians and all that kind of stuff all the time, but I just could never imagine having it just. The identity crisis just must be <laughs> I insane. Mean, it must be. You, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because you yeah. just. And either your identity gets co-opted and it gets turned into something that you're not or too much of your real life comes out where people think they know you and you're like, hold on, you know, I'm still a person, you know, this, you don't actually know what I do all the time, but you feel like you do. Mm -hmm. And now everyone has things like now actors have like Instagram and you can see like what they're actually doing, 
you know, like when they're not working or, you know, putting it out there. It's just crazy. It's just really yeah. nuts. No, and my no. last one was I will I will mangle your mind. I like that. I like that. That was cool. My first favorite scene is when Arthur goes to buy the record and he gets like razzed at the shop. And they're like, why do you want to buy that record? It's so lame. I bet you're like one of those guys. And he's just like, Whoa. I'm like, that's Bruce Wayne and Patrick Bateman. Watch the fuck out. <laughs> like, he's literally going to destroy you. <laughs> I just love that he's so like, Christian Bale is just such like... Another one. Talk about range. I mean, I just—he's so quiet. This is and why like, I love solid. him too. Because I buy every character that he plays. Oh he yeah. He becomes that man, and like I love that you see him playing, yeah, Batman, and he's like this little like, um, I mean, maybe gay or maybe bisexual, um, character too, and like he's just not afraid. You know, I love that. Uh, he, I mean, he will always take a risk, no matter what. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in even in any role that he does, it's like things that you never think he can do, and then he ends up doing it, and you're like, what the hell? How? How does he do this? Um, so yeah, that's what I really like a lot, and I like how he buys the record and then like goes up to his room, and then I think he gets caught. Is that when he gets caught like jerking off? I'm not sure, but I know yeah. he like sneaks um, out. He, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he like throws. I love where he throws his jacket over the hedge, and then he has when he has that awesome baby tee on. And he like goes and walks around London, and all these girls like look at him, and then he sees this other guy that's like in their group already, and like looks and kind of like turn you know turns his head and then he just like keeps walking i think he looks so cool i love it i felt really sad for him because he was kind of lonely i know yeah like he he was many friends and things um my next favorite scene is the photo shoots in the garden i mean how i love a montage i love a photo shoot montage even more because we just get all these really cool like it just feels very like alice in wonderland Yes. Meets like 60s, 70s glam rock, meets like New York. I forgot to mention the New York Dolls, uh, another glam rock band that's so influential that might have been like one of those early ones. Um, I can't think to, of any. Well, yeah, do it, exactly. right. I think they're they're one of the early ones. I'm not not exactly sure, but they definitely came around at that time. No, and, I think so. Yeah, I think and Malcolm were... McLaren was involved with them. I know, isn't it insane? Yeah, I mean, it's all like this one whole, big, like, yeah, <laughs> one moving big, like, back and forth from like London and New York, and like, yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. They formed in New York City in '71, the New York Dolls. So they're like one of those early ones too. I don't know about Kiss. Was that '70s? Was I don't Kiss know 70s because too? I just remember being a, a little girl in the '80s, so I. I guess it yeah, must have been like, after, know. like, late 70s. He, I think yeah. Keith is more inspired by, like, the Rocky show. <laughs> the Rocky oh, Horror Rocky show. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's another one. The Glitter, like... And also there was a Gary Glitter song in there, too. Oh, yeah. And Gary Glitter, isn't he in jail? Is he? I don't know why. <gasps> yes. Oh, my god. Sorry gosh. if you're not, dude. Is he? Um... What? Why? Why do you think he went? Oh to my jail? God! Yes, his career ended after he was in prison for downloading child pornography in '99. Convicted, subsequently convicted of child sexual abuse and attempted uh, rape in '06 and '15. Uh, that how I was right. Yeah, he's currently incarcerated. 
16 years in prison. And there was a song in that movie and the song um, subject or what do you call it? Lyrics were extremely sus because I was like, isn't this guy in jail? I'm going to find out the name of the song. Because the song was something like, do you want to touch me? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, uh, isn't that guy in jail? And yeah, it, it hadn't happened at, at the time the movie came out, but yes, that that, that happened. Um, another note I love after the photo shoot in the garden, you go to the manager's office, and it's like this amazing 60s, like, mod and, like, mid-century modern office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's so cool. I love it. It's just so great. And then I guess my last one is like the death of glitter party Hmm. when they have that big club, um, a big club night. That's when you get like the flying creatures who's placebo playing. And then we also get, I also love the whole rooftop scene when it's like Kurt and Arthur, when they get together that night after the show. And at the end you see them doing the rooftop. That is like such an, like, English, An English rooftop, like, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that whole shoot, scene. Like, people who shoot a lot in our rooftops. It's really cool. It's ve- it's really cool because it's very old. Like, the roofs are very old. Well, everything is old. Well, everything. Not everything, everything. But, Not everything, you know, but I mean, that, you're talking about... Yeah, that specific... Yeah, Yeah, exactly. place, yeah. It was really cool. And also the the tumbling down, it's like the last... I think that might be like the last song that they do and the that Brian does and the outfit that he has on he has this like crazy makeup it literally is in party monster Seth Green almost oh, yeah. exactly has that outfit on at one of the the club kids thing so you see the club kids you see how that came from glam rock it's very cool i mean all of the visuals at that time that inspired the next kind of subculture um, it's so crazy that the Party Monster episode is our number two most downloaded episode. What? It's insane. Oh yeah. my god. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so like, That's if you crazy. love that Club Kid shit and you love that wild outlandish fashion, I'm really excited to kind of bring this movie out into the forefront. I believe the Doom Generation uh, podcast also did Velvet and... Un- What's the Jennifer. top five? Um, okay, top five is Kids... Mm-hmm. Um, Party Monster, Bully is number three. Actually, Whoa, let me check this right now. That's yeah, also insane. Um, insane, but not unexpected. I guess mm-hmm. I, I totally get it. Um, number four is Clueless, and number five is Gia. I I'm still shocked about Gia, honestly. I love it. I and I'll I'll give the top ten for everyone wanting to know right now. Number six is Wild Things. <laughs> Number seven is Woodstock '99 documentary. Oh that my came out. god! We have to do um, the new one, yeah, which we'll do uh, in a bit. As it just came out a little while ago. Number eight is Ginger Snaps, which is really funny. Number nine is Benny and June, which That's is that movie with really uh, Tony Depp. And then number ten is Virgin Suicides. So I okay. feel like I, I like feel it. like it's that good... gives such a a really good read on the kind of movies that like we like and like talk about it's like girly fashion erotic thrillers music and like dark teen shit like bullying kids Mm -hmm. and like horror um also like dracula was up there for a while too you told me i remember that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so it's 
So it's it's cool. Yeah, and we got like Sofia Coppola. Like we have like girly stuff. We have edgy shit. Like yeah, it's cool. It's there's there are no happy endings in any of these stories really. No. <laughs> it's all like very dark. But I don't know. That's the way I like it. That's kind of the way I like I like movies. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, do you have any final thoughts? Nope. I just say go watch this movie. It's great. It's a it's a cult classic. That's that's what we do here. We expose the cult classic. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so yeah, follow the Patreon. Leave us a review on Apple and Spotify, please. And just let us know uh, what else you want us to cover on Patreon or whatever. We have a letterbox with the movies. Yeah, um, and listen to all the ones that we've done already. Because there is like a bit of a bit for everyone. I feel there's like you a can't, lot. Mm-hmm. We don't do as you just heard the top ten, like it's not really specific, you know what I mean? It's not, don't think of fashion grunge as those, like, 90s grungy things. It's not no, it's at all. No, everything. So, and there are a lot of episodes out there. You know? There's, like, a hunt. I mean, this is going to be episode, for the 90s films, this is going to be 129. Um, and we have a bunch of, yeah, forward flashes, backtracking. We're going back. Uh, we're going to do The Cure soon with Brad Renfro. Uh, which is another like heavy one, but this one's super cool. I'm I'm glad that we got to do this one because this is like a visual. I need to make little um what people do on a uh, follow on TikTok too, but I need to make little playlists. You know how people have like groups of mm-hmm. the of the playlist. I need to do that so it can be like the fashion movies, the action movies, the horror yeah, movies. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To like group it so people want to see like you know skating or like you know teenagers or like all that kind of shit. So. So yeah, but in until the next one, we will see you later. Bye. Bye.